0: Amen. Amen. Holy Father, Almighty God in Jesus Christ, we thank thee for thy presence. We thank thee for thy people. We thank thee for thy word. We thank thee for this occasion. Our mercy on you, help us. Forget these people. Let thy own word. Blessed us people. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I read scriptures to you, I wish to announce my subject. My subject is about personal, personal property of God. God's personal property. God's personal property. People who have a uh, few things in life are wealthy, they have general property, and they have personal property. The general property is their home, is their field, is their other property, but personal property means personal belongings. personal belongings to From the scripture I read to you soon, you will see God has personal belongings. Not only he is God of the whole universe, the whole universe is his. This world and the world we know nothing about, they all belong to God. Even devils through Adam and Eve, they all sold themselves and sold us all the devil. Humanity was sold to the devil, through Adam and Eve, under God. And yet, the day is coming that the devil will be proved, defeated, and liar.
1: And everything belongs to God, even humanity. So, the scripture I read to you, é
0: of godly man, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Job, Enoch, and many other patriarchs, they were godly people. That's why God used them, to put his covenants and promises into their life and descendants. the prophets were godly men, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel and others, they were godly men. But their godliness was not perfect godliness as God would have his special property, his special belongings. That godliness his yours and mine to our Lord Jesus Christ if he wanted. The only perfect godly man was in the Old Testament was Enoch. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Job, and others, prophets, they all had some faults. None of them were perfectly godly. Not even God. They were just 50% God. But Enoch was perfect. Godly man. And the secret is he walked with God. He practiced the presence of God. Day and night. And he walked with God by faith, practiced the presence of the Lord in smallest details. He received a reflection of Almighty God in his life so earth could not hold him. And he was taken alive to heaven. He's a picture of New Testament God. He's a forerunner and picture of those who talk about being raptured when Jesus comes. for you and for me to be ready for the coming of the Lord and be caught away alive and if they're dead to be first one to arise from the grave to meet the Lord is to be godly is to be godly perfectly godly now I have here Put these notes. First, second, third, so on. First I told you, personal property of God, it means the things belongs nearest to the heart of God and of God. And that personal property is godly man which God has set apart for himself. Not only for his heaven, but for himself. Know man, O man. O sons of men, know this. God has set apart him that is godly for himself. Godly is his personal belonging, personal property. Now what means, what is, what word godliness means? Second, what it means that word godliness? It means Christians. Just as Christians means people who follow the Christ in full sense, of course. I don't mean all Christians, real Christians. Not only born again, not only filled with the Spirit, but walked in the footsteps of Christ will be Christ-like. So Christians means anointed ones, for Christ means anointed one. For me, for you to be real Christians, we must be anointed men and women of God. That means we must have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and anointing of the Holy. It means followers of Jesus Christ because that name was given to believers by Gentiles in Antioch because they watched their life, they watched their acts, they were so much like Jesus Christ, so they call them Christians. the followers of Jesus Christ. Christ-like, anointed ones, followers of Jesus Christ, and Christ-like means Christians. So Godliness means same thing, only in, in another term. Godliness means God-fearing people. Followers of God. God-like people. God-like people. When we talk of God, we mean absolute divinity. Divine being. So when you talk about Godliness, means to be not only divinely inclined but filled with divinity filled with divine things filled with the fullness of god filled with the spirit of god godly means godlike god-fearing god followers and godlike God has set apart for Himself, Him, He who is God fearing, God followers, and God like, whose God. There is two kinds of godliness, true and false. True and false. Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, he said of these false they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Godliness is filled with the power of God. You can be godly according to God's standard for New Testament godly unless you are filled with the grace and power. Spirit of God. Otherwise you couldn't be God. I couldn't be God. So there are some people has been always and in these days they have form of Godliness. They look outwardly. They try to act as if they are Christians, godly Christians. But their deeds, but their imaginations, but their meditations, their life, the other way. They are formed, but not the light of godliness. From such, he said, turn away the timid. I have nothing to do with it. Pharisees and scribes were godly outwardly. Jesus admitted it. He said they are like beautiful, like white grains, white outside, beautiful. And he said to his disciples, except your righteousness exceed Pharisees' righteousness, you can't be my disciples. So outwardly, Pharisees and high priests, they were very godly outwardly. They fasted twice a week. We have been fasting once a week, I don't know how many of us have already had some. They pass it twice a week. They did better than many of us do. They were strictly moral. They were not like adulterers, like publicans, profane persons. They were not extortioners, making money by false pretences. Outwardly, they were godly and the people recognize them as godly people, and they almost worship them, just like some church we have now, they worship their clergy, not only kiss their hands, but kiss the very part of their automobile, if they can get to it, when they pass by. Why? Because they're pious, holy, righteous, they're dedicated, consecrated, to God, they're godliness. So there's such false godliness. But thank God, there's true godliness too, real godliness. Not only white outside, but white inside not only beautiful ritualism outside but beautiful honest to God from a pure heart worship and adoration of God. That's true godliness. This godliness, this personal property of God that God wants to make of human race, it costs so much Heavens, it costs the Almighty God so much. Here comes that scripture you and I, sometimes proudly, joyfully, quote to prove one God. Without controversy, great is mystery, not of Holiness. Not of righteousness, but of godliness.
1: Why not of holiness? Why not of righteousness?
0: Because godliness includes that and goes beyond that. Great is the mystery. Without controversy, without debate, it's settled in heaven long before and now is manifested. Greatest mystery of godliness, God was manifested in the flesh. The Almighty Creator of all universe has become a small, tiny seed, lodging into womb of a virgin to grow, to become a babe, and to be born as a babe. As a young boy, wrapped in swaddling clothes, grew to be a young boy, grew to be a to be a carpenter, teacher, and finally go to that terrific, shameful, awful cross to die for you and for me. Why? Because of godliness. Great is Mr. Godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to Gentiles, believed in the world, and received into glory. All that because of Godliness. The only time this wonderful proclamation of one God. The only time controversial becomes controversial is when you and I say we believe one God but we don't live godly. Then becomes controversial. Then becomes controversial. Not until then. I say hallelujah for that. What do you say? And Apostle Paul not only wrote that to Timothy, But he wrote to Romans, he wrote to Romans, Romans 5th chapter, 6th verse. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. I, thou became a little bit of seed, a little boy, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief, and died on the cross of Calvary, and went into hell, and came up on third day and went into glory. Why all this? Because I want to have a personal property of myself. What is called this personal property? godliness, I want a godly people from among all nations and races. Adam sold us to the devil, but I have come to redeem all that was sold, and pay the price not with silver and gold, but with my own precious God, shed in the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah for that? Are you here? Be with me please. Hallelujah. Some people say hallelujah glory to God my wife broke her leg. That's no time to say hallelujah. But it is time to say hallelujah now when Christ died for us. Let's lift our hands and praise him. This is the time to say hallelujah. This is the time to say praise the Lord. This is the time to say thank God. Why we were ungodly? Because we had no strength. Why humanity became ungodly? Because they have no strength to become godly. We must not only believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. We must not only be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the of sin. But we must receive Holy Ghost and power to be godly. Because when we are weak, we cannot be godly. When we are without strength, Christ died for our God. Lord Jesus, why you became so weak on the cross? Why you became so helpless on the cross? Why you became so quiet before Pilate and others? Like a lamb were carried to the slaughter. You did not even offer what? I became weak. When I may have a people will be strong. I became poor. I may have a people who will be rich with divine, heavenly blessing. So our Lord died on the cross, was buried and rose went to heaven. He sent the gospel to us, the apostles, all for the sake of being saved and have power to live godly. To be godly, To fear and reverence God. To worship God in spirit and through that in beauty of holiness. That is why. This word, godly, is by itself mentioned many times in the New Testament. By itself. Mentioned by itself. For instance, Apostle Peter, in 2nd chapter, 2nd Peter, 1st chapter, he speaks to the Christians scattered here and there, just before he was himself crucified for the gospel. He wrote them to diligently make their calling and election sure, after being redeemed, delivered from the corruption of the world. He said, add to your faith, virtue. Add to virtue, knowledge. Add to knowledge, patience. Add to patience, godliness. So there's virtue. You and I can have divine virtue.
1: We may have knowledge.
0: We may have patience, but we must not stop with that. We must add to all that godliness. And the only time the other two will follow this godliness is we must have first godliness, then add to godliness brother with kindness and charity, love for everybody. And he said, if these things be in you and abound, You shall never be bad and you shall never fall. But you shall have an abundant entrance into the kingdom of God when Jesus comes. Not only have Godliness, but abound in us to become bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. Flow like a river of the living water through our daily life. Godly daily life. The best picture of this godliness, it's not only the life of apostles and martyrs, Christian martyrs, but first psalm, the first psalm gives us a picture of true godliness. The first psalm. Supposing you say you're godly, supposing I say I God, how can we prove the first psalm tells us what kind of folks we'll be? and it goes like this blessed is the man or woman that walks not in the counsel of ungodly we can talk plenty on that but we have no time walk not in the counsel of ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners he doesn't travel same road that sinners travel and he doesn't stand in the way of salvation. There's salvation too. He gives such a life. Now sits in the seat of scorn. Scornful. He walks. He stands. He sits. He does not walk in the council of God. He walks in the council of God Almighty. He does not stand in the way of sinners. He lives in the highway of holiness. He does not sit in the seat of scornful, jokers, jesters, Making fun, speaking of weaknesses and faults of other people, and laugh over big times, scornfulness. This godly man does not sit in that kind of seat. If people begin to be joking. And making fun of our weakness, foolishness, faults of others. He says, excuse me, brethren. He won't sit there. And if he does sit, he's waiting till they get through and he gives them good lecture. Why? He sits in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. From whence, from hence, from whence is his life? Not only his walk, this godly man, his standing, his sitting is godly, but his delight is in the law of God. Not in the newspapers, but in the Bible. He doesn't take Sunday newspaper and read the whole thing. He has no time for it. He doesn't come from his work or from his office first the newspaper, last the newspaper. In the middle of this, he has some of God's law, God's word. I wouldn't say don't read newspapers because I read it myself. But he doesn't enjoy himself in those things even if say next was coming tomorrow. He delights himself in what prophecy says of the coming of the Lord and the signs of time. His delight is in the love of God. And then he goes to bed. He doesn't count hunger sheep to good to sleep, but he meditates in the law of God day and night. He thinks of God's goodness, of God's mercy, of God's grace, of God's love toward him, toward his family, toward his neighbor, toward his country. If there's any people ought to think about these and delight in this and praise God for it ought to be we Americans. He's so good to us in this country. Let's praise the Lord for that. And this man because of his right walks, right standing, right sitting right reading right meditation it becomes successful in every detail of life then it says he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and shall bring forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he does he shall Trust. These dear men, I don't know if there's any women to be ordained. These dear men, according to the word of God, need not to fear where I'm going after ordination, where I'm going to start a work for God. Where I'm going to be assistant pastor. Or this and that. I wonder if I'll make it. You will make it. If you're God. You will make it. Amen. You will make it if you. Walk in God's way, in God's counsel. You will make it if you stand in the way of Almighty God. You will make it if you sit in the counsels of God and His people. You will make it if you not only look to make a sermon but meditate upon it day and night until you deliver it. You will make it. Whatsoever you do is it, possible. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. And finally, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, when God's judgments are upon the earth or when we shall stand before the throne of Christ for judgment seat, or in any judgment of God, we will not be where the sinners are, if your God will be judging the others with God Almighty. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of ungodly shall perish. If I had time, I would read you so many scriptures. Apostle Paul speaks of godliness to Timothy. So many times he speaks of godliness to Timothy. Young preacher. But I'll close with this. Many of us are reading the signs of times in this period, in the Bible. Many of us say the rapture might take place anytime. Many of us say, even if I die, I'll be among the first resurrection, because I live a holy and blessed life now. I'm in Christ. But Apostle Paul tells us who dares to think that he or she will be raptured or arise from the dead to meet Christ in the air. So he writes to Titus, second chapter. He says the grace of God which has appeared unto all men, teaching us that grace which saved us that grace which brought God's favor into our life through the merits of death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ because we believed it, accepted it. That grace tells us after you get baptized in Jesus, then for remission the of sins, after you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues, then teaches us, teaches us. To deny all ungodliness. To deny all ungodliness. Anything is not godlike. Anything that does not honor God, fears God, worships God. Denies. I don't know you. Get away from me. I never met you. I don't know you. If you did meet it, you say, I don't know you anymore. Deny all ungodliness. worldly lusts I live in this present world soberly everybody say soberly that's so much against that light way the people talk and live in home between each other and after church after the meeting among us who delights in jokes, delights in scornfulness, delights in backbiting, delights in all these terrible things, they are not living soberly. If we ever were sober, we ought to be now. This gospel of Jesus Christ, this cause of God, this godliness God wants it to be, it's a big thing. It costs so much heaven. It costs the suffering and shame of the cross of Calvary. It costs the martyrdom of thousands, millions of Christians to preserve Christianity in the Bible for us that we enjoy now. It costs heaven and earth so much. Millions die all around us. We hardly pray for them, say nothing, we speak to them, testify to them. And soon, the Lord is coming, and this world is going to be under terrific judgments. and we should be ready for coming of the Lord. All these things ought to make us sober. The grace of God teaching us, in this world, in this life, live soberly it does not stop there not not only to be sober but to be righteous not only to be righteous but to be god then looking for the appearance of our great god and savior jesus christ he's going to appear to them that look for him who are these people that are looking for him and they will meet him who are they they are sober people for god and his cause in this life they are righteous people in home in society in church and they are godly people how many of you would like to be this personal property To belong to God Almighty personally. How many of you want to be godly and perfectly godly? Will you stand up? Oh man, know this. That God has set him apart for himself, who is God. Are you living soberly or carelessly? Foolishly, jokingly, jesting? When you pray, do you pray soberly? Or your mind is everywhere but what you say? When you read your Bible, do you read it soberly or while you're reading, you are yawning and thinking about everything but what you read? When you begin to come to church, do you come soberly that you are going into the presence of the Lord and join God's people to worship him in the beauty of holiness and and in spirit and truth, we oneness people we glory we say we worship god in spirit and truth we got the holy ghost and truth but do you worship him in the beauty of holiness do you come to church sober do you come to church first of all whether you kneel down or sit down bow your head and say lord god have mercy on me have mercy on everyone and bless the ministry singing singers music musicians preaching preachers. oh god we are in your presence let the fullness of joy in thy presence be our portion in the service and then all you come to church talking 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 everything and when organ begins to play, that means everybody quiet, worship do Buddha, but you don't pay attention to Do you come to church sober? When you testify, do you pray a little to say, Lord, I don't want to make a show, but I want to be a blessing and encouragement to somebody in my testimony, testifying sober? Do you sing your hymn sober? Or your mind is of everybody. I wonder if I can put it over. I wonder if I can get people to shout and do this and that. Do you come soberly? Do you sing soberly? Do you pray soberly? Do you usher soberly?
1: Do you preach soberly?
0: You must be sober. You must be righteous. You must be godly. Christ in us is perfection of godliness, and he will manifest himself in our daily life if we consecrate, dedicate, separate ourselves for his glory, for his church, for his cause. May these two will be ordained in this very solemn hour of their ordination. That they will see that they are ordained by God first, called by God, ordained by God, and then giving the right hand of fellowship of his ministers. That they would, right now, Make a greater dedication of their life, of their family, their marriage, of their business, everything to the Lord before hands are laid upon. Consecrate, special, dedicate, special, separate, special, unto God's service, unto the service of God in the church, unto the gospel of Jesus Christ for the world. All of you need prayer. Lift up your hands. We'll pray. Everybody pray. Praise the Lord. Thank God.